Hey guys, so Evan introducing it this time. Wow, um, <laughs> big, uh, big, big change. Step. Yeah. But um, so this week we focused on Old Stir Ridge Village, which is, I guess, kind of a change of pace for us because we've been doing mostly like places that currently are still being used as like fully developed places. Yeah. But this focuses on a very like specific development, like time period yeah. in history. Yeah. Um. But we still, we thought it was pretty cool sort of learning about that and how they put this place together. Because going into it, we thought it was sort of like Strawberry Bank, where it's what 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 once was, was yeah. preserved. But we soon realized that it's, you know, it's sort of different, which we'll get into later. Yeah, um, it definitely a smaller time frame. Yeah. Um, so when we were talking about Strawberry Bank, you know, we had everything from the Abenaki to... Portsmouth Naval Shipyard today, and we don't really have that because from here, there's the time period is. I mean, these places were the oldest building was constructed in 1725, and the most recent building was 1815, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, I mean, actually, there was one in 1725, yeah, but that was. So the reason we're struggling right now is because we're trying to introduce it without saying that all of these buildings were moved. So they actually constructed the old Sturbridge Village yeah. by moving buildings from all around New England. Um, yeah, that that definitely surprised me. Yeah. I did not expect that. Because walking in, it doesn't... Most of the buildings, like... When you first see them, they look pretty similar. They, they look like they belong, I guess. They don't seem like they've been transplanted yeah. from somewhere in New England. Right. They have been, which there are ups and downs to that. Um, because, well, one, people didn't actually, like, live in this village. These houses didn't were never like in tandem with each other exactly these are very like isolated experiences you don't get a lot of interconnectivity between these uh various buildings however what you do get is a more diverse arrangement of yeah buildings yeah i mean the in the goal of this place is to show they say the goal is to show the development of new england life in the transformative years they call it of yeah. sort of 1790 to 1830 Got it. so a lot of these places were built in 18 so there was 1810 another one in 1810 1819 1815 um so it, they're all built sort of within the same time period but we were looking at sort of putting all these buildings together and like comparing them and one's from vermont one's from new hampshire one's from new connecticut ones from mass i mean it's not like these buildings were together so yeah they don't have that there's not like synchronicity like yeah there was exactly with, uh, strawberry bank or enfield but it, it at the same time that's almost a good thing because it yeah. gives you a very diverse look of new england life yeah during that time which is really cool yeah so getting into the buildings um I guess we could go just in terms of 
age. Uh, so the oldest building in OSV, as they refer to it as, um, is the Fenno House. And the Fenno, in, inside the Fenno House, you get to learn a good bit about um, textiles. And so textiles from this, we can find out that textiles are really important to the early New England life um, because of the Industrial Revolution. And I mean, you go to Manchester and you see like all the Amiskeg mills and what they once were. Yeah. Um, so small home operations um, are were happening at the time as well. Yeah. Yep. And then the, sort of the next... The next one, that, or the next oldest, I guess, there's two of them, um, that were built around the same time, which were the schoolhouse, um, which was built in Candia, New Hampshire, so not all that far away from us, yeah. um, in 1810, and then the, I might pronounce this wrong, is it the, is it, is that an abbreviation for something, the ASA Night Star? No, Store? ASA, just ASA. What is that? ASA Night, um... I assume that Asa Knight was a person. Oh, so that's that's like the name of the story. All right, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit slow this morning. I didn't remember them mentioning that, but I guess the Asa Knight store was also um, built in 1810, but in Drummerson, Vermont. Yeah, which I I think they're pretty far apart. Yeah, this is actually very thought provoking. <laughs> How did they? I'm assuming they moved the houses in their entirety. Yeah, but, I mean... How? It says they were moved in... One was moved in 1961 and the other in 1972, so which... did they have safe house moving <laughs> in 19... I don't... I actually don't know. Some of these were also constructed um, before the Eisenhower Highway System was constructed, so... That said, I'm wondering even more how these got here. That I mean, that's actually interesting. I I hadn't seen anything about how they got them there. Yeah. I had only heard about, you know, these <laughs> these were moved. <coughs> yeah, they um they're not too focused on how they got them there. Right. I feel like they should be though. That's really that'd be super interesting if I knew how before um, the Eisenhower highways were constructed, which is like most of our highway system today. Yeah. Like I can't, like, I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> most of the roads. And then we have people moving entire houses. I don't know yeah. how they did it. Dude, I mean, it's completely possible they deconstructed them yeah. and then moved pieces and reconstructed them yeah like based on like pieces that would be yeah. incredibly tedious it would but i mean moving moving off of that sort of incredibly yeah. tedious and it, it probably very costly yeah. um it was bought in the land that this is built on was yeah. bought in 1936 oh, by see. a private investor as a hobby hmm. so he actually referred to these as like his treasures um and it was initially for his family, and he was going to, like, show it to his family as, like, oh, look what I did. It's like, and wow, that... <laughs> hey, guys, look how rich your dad is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then he, within, like, the 10 years between 1936 and 1946, he decided he actually wanted to, I mean, 
I'm guessing, make it profitable, <laughs> but at the same time, preserve it and the history of it, because um, he was really into it. So in 1946, he actually opened it to the public for the first time, um, as the village it is today, which not a lot of these buildings were there yet. Yeah. I don't believe, I, I believe there was a, a farmhouse and maybe a couple of other buildings, but it really wasn't all that large. Yeah. And he sort of built up from that. Yeah, he expanded a lot in the 60s. Yep, yep. Um, but it, it's interesting to see yeah. sort of... Like, that's exactly what happened with the Enfield Shaker Museum, if yeah. you remember. Yeah. They, it was bought by private investors. Clearly not the same history. Yeah. But it's always sort of people who are really interested in history who decide, all right, I'm going to preserve this for other people, which is cool. Yeah, no, that is, I, um, it's, I don't know. It's just really funny for me to think like all these like rich people kind of just throwing their money into these like random historical investments ends up being like the public's yeah history. Yeah, it does. And I mean, with some of the places, it is then bought by, like, a state park or something yeah, like that. Well, like, I don't think that applies. I don't think what I just said applies to Strawberry Bank. I would say most likely not. These places yeah. have now usually been acquired by the state. Yeah. But at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. I have a cat on my shoulders. Yeah, Ooh. This whole, this entire time. My cat has been on Evan's shoulders. Let's see if he will want to get on mine. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, Old Stanford Village. Yeah, it was just cool to see how these buildings sort of blend together after also knowing that they were from such different areas of New England at the yeah. time. Because you have to remember that during this, the times that a lot of these buildings were built... It was not close. Like, it's a two-hour drive for us now to Sturbridge Village from yeah. where we are, but that was by foot really or like, something, by yeah. carriage. That was a long time. <laughs> yeah, um, even by, like, 1936 standards, like, Model T range, that's, like, not... That's not a distance you drive in, the, in like... Exactly. ...a car back then. There yeah. wasn't, like, a great deal. Also, there weren't, there were, like, barely any roads until after the Second World War. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like it mattered. Yeah. So, moving on from the schoolhouse and the store. Oh, yeah, actually, quick note about the schoolhouse. Um, inside the schoolhouse, uh, it's actually more like a church. Oh, really? Um, it's a, like, 20 by 25 foot room. And that's the entire schoolhouse. Um, and then there the chairs. There aren't any chairs. Um, they're like church pews. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just rows and rows of church pews. And then there's a little space at the center. And then there's a lectern. And then there's a desk next to the lectern. <laughs> and that is the entire school. And So did they yeah. do... So they did work at those benches. Yeah. They and- just kind of did work at their pews. That's interesting. Yeah. It was there a religious component or was it I think that's Is that just, just how they were constructed back then? That's just what they had. That's like, really interesting. Yeah, I think like they were like I screw mean, it. 
If you think about it, in 1810, education was probably not nearly as important as it is today. Yeah, they were only... Kids were only in school either in the bitter winter or sometimes in summer, depending on... The younger kids would be in school during summer because they were too young to work the field. Mm -hmm. Older kids would be in school during winter because they didn't have to tend to any crops. Right. So most of the time, these kids aren't in school for more than two and a half months. Yeah, that's a huge change. Yeah, and also the teachers... um, So there was no degree of education (laughs) so the teachers had no idea how to teach right um there was nothing that actually prepared people to educate students because i mean they didn't think they needed it yeah um and the teachers were either were between like were usually between 17 and 25 because they needed a job that's interesting yeah and also teaching was as it mentions on site um a good opportunity for women to get jobs oh that's cool yeah i didn't know that about that actually yeah i mean when you think about what the job is like today i mean like what is it (laughs) vastly Vastly i mean at least in the public school system uh the vast majority of teachers especially for younger kids the vast majority of teachers are women that's true and i mean it's not that's just how it is that yeah (laughs) that's just how it is and we see how it originated i don't I had one male teacher from from all of my elementary school years, so looking back on it. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so that's pretty interesting yeah, about those. I, I and like then the schoolhouse. There were two buildings that were actually built in Sturbridge. Um, yeah, yeah, the sawmill. The sawmill was constructed by the actual, like, village itself. Yeah. Um, in 1984, so that's a relatively new development for them. Mm-hmm. And then the Freeman Farmhouse was built in Surbridge in 1815, but moved sort of into the village mm-hmm. um, in 1951. So there were inhabitants of this area yeah. before the village was there, but it was really only just this little town with, is like... Probably a little bit of trade, a market, stuff like yeah. that. Um, and they tried to transform it using these different places. Yeah. So the sawmill is pretty cool. It was re it was reproduced um, by OSV uh, in 1984. And so it's attempts to recreate um, one of the sawmills that was in Bow NH. Um, oh, really? Yeah, the Nichols Colby Sawmill. And... So it's basically just a big recreation of that that they made. Um, so it works. I mean, I don't know if anyone is familiar with how sawmills work, but I looked it up. And um, so there is a saw that is attached to a water wheel. And that water wheel is powered from a nearby uh, mill pond. Huh. So it's basically just a water mill attached to a saw. That's cool. Yeah, and um, so it's actually super convenient because the mill is most powerful in um, late winter and early spring. So that is coincidentally when nothing is happening on the farm. Yeah. So it made that a really good transition. 
because the water, because the ice is melting around that point. So you're going to get the strongest water flow and the best saw production. That's cool. Yeah. So that's a sawmill. I yeah. don't have much else on it. It's just a sawmill. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the only two things that weren't moved from somewhere that yeah. are now in the village. Um, and then the next two sort of most recently built, I guess you could call it recent, but it's really only a five-year difference or so, um, was the pottery shop and the printing office. Um, the pottery shop was from Goshen, Connecticut. I, or Goshen, I don't know how to pronounce that, but it was built in 1819 and moved in 1962. And the printing office was moved in 1951. Yeah. Which, when was printing really developed? Well, printing, um, the printing press is hundreds and hundreds of yeah. years old. So, like, let me just give it a quick look-see. I'm guessing 1500. Yeah. I mean, it's... When we, when I saw... 1439. Yeah. So, <laughs> some of these things are fairly old yes. compared to some that are, I guess, fairly new in development. Like, some of them seemed a lot more advanced than yeah. some of the other buildings. The shop seems very advanced. The, uh, mm-hmm. the Ace of Night store, I get a very, like, this... This seems just. This just seems like a shop. Yeah. This just seems like. A, like there's those country stores that we still have now. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what it reminds this me just, of. This just seems like a country store. I mean, yeah. No, exactly. It's just there's no except no refrigeration, because um, well, there's usually like a drink <laughs> yeah. cooler at a country store. Right, but, right. Yeah. No, it's very similar. So I didn't sense. Oh yeah. Also about the pottery shop. Um, there. So their kiln was actually built se- on a separate occasion from the pottery shop. Oh, really? Um, so they had to reproduce a kiln. So <laughs> they just had to like make them a, a copy of an older kiln. Um, so they added the kiln in 79. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting to see all of these places because you talk about them. But then with this Sturbridge Village, they also have people there that are... I mean, quote unquote role playing mm-hmm. um, to recreate like what tasks would look like during this time. So there's yeah. somebody in the pottery shop that'll be, um, you know, using the kiln that they created, um, firing things. And then in, say, the printing office, there will be somebody offering uh, operating a printing press. So it's it's cool to see it people recreating that because you can talk about it but seeing people do it is a whole different thing yeah there's also a bit of a sob story attached to the pottery shop as i have discovered um so this guy owned the pottery shop and he was a potter and for a while he was just like making goods for the locals um and then tin became more popular and he went out of business really yeah that's, so that was during that time? Yeah, um, at 1864. Oh, okay. So well, He was also 85 in 1864. <laughs> so, so maybe it was if, time if to retire. If the team didn't come for his business, um, something, else something would have come for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is the pottery shop. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see that all of these places have come together to create this because Mm -hmm. there's also with like the farming there were different herbs from all around new england like 
a lot of places have different herbs and plants because of, I mean, natives who were there before them. Yeah. Or what they've brought over from uh, Europe. Yeah. So it's interesting to see, like, at Strawberry Bank, there were very um, diverse mm-hmm. herbs and plants because they got them from all over the world with people they brought with them and yeah. such. But here it sort of seems like all of that has been brought together because it's been drawn from so many different places in New England. Yeah. So moving on to the Freeman Farm, um, basically what the Freeman Farm uh, shows us is that basically the people then just pretty much were self-sufficient. Um, yeah. So, you know, churning their own butter, uh, milking the cows eggs pickling thing pickling various vegetables to keep them um you know weeding saving seeds so they weren't as reliant on like maybe trade as yeah they... no like drying or smoking meats so that they can last for the winter so what we can gather is that they were the freeman farm when it was in it wasn't uh in osv but it was built in Sturbridge, so... Clearly, there was yeah. some sort of, like, yeah. civilization there yeah. before they... I don't know if it was in that exact location. I think they moved it from from elsewhere in Sturbridge, yeah. but... Um, well, that's why they call it o- yeah. Old Sturbridge, because it's not what was originally Sturbridge, so yeah. they, they had to create this village that was named after the yeah. area. But we can... It really helps in seeing their lifestyle. Yeah. When you kind of go in and it's just like, wow, they really can do everything by themselves. Yeah, it's, it's just... reminiscent of, I mean, not in their values, but mm-hmm. it's reminiscent of the Shaker Village. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we see a lot of self-sufficiency and individualism yeah. during this time, which makes sense for the larger context of, like, the American identity. Yeah, and I mean... I've come to realize that with a lot of places we've visited, those that have, you know, ports mm-hmm. or, like, water access are a lot more, uh, I mean, popular and thriving. Yeah, than, well, develop now, I mean, you got Portsmouth. Yeah, it's like, just like, developmentally. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Salem's, is it, it's on the water, right? Or close to? I think it is. Yeah, so... I yeah, mean, no, there are parts of Salem that's on the water. There's, like, a big bridge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to see that the sort of development of these places that are more inland from mm-hmm. the places that have ports. Because at that time, a lot of, you know, trade from sea routes and things like that were a large source of development. So those who were more inland, I'm finding, were a lot more self-sufficient. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you cut off, I, like I said, I mean, land travel was, uh, excuse me, uh, extremely difficult for a while. So it was just not worth it to have to take your horse out for like five days to go and yeah, get cheese. Exactly. You just made it yourself. Yeah, exactly. But uh, do we have, are there any other buildings we might have, I think, dare I say, overlooked? I think that's really it for all of the... Like, there were there's houses, obviously, yeah. that the people who are, you know, again, role-playing, are living in. Like, they do that full-time. It's their job. Um, and there's not many places you find that anymore. Yeah. But other than those buildings that they're living in, 
it, there's not a lot of very relevant um, structures yeah. other than the store, the shops, etc. Yeah, so I will close, even <laughs> though Evan opened. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.